to the Edge of Politics. I'm Scott Stearns. This is Paul. Welcome. This is Democracy in Distress. <laughs> 22 days to the election. November 3rd. November 3rd. Yes. Trump has basically shown his hand a little bit in recent days, um, empowered by the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. It has given him an opportunity to appoint a justice who he hopes will swing the election to him. He said so explicitly today. That's funny yeah. because I thought we had a rule, uh, just a, an unspoken or a spoken, a spoken rule, I guess, uh, in the United States Senate that we didn't uh, nominate and affirm Supreme Court justices in an election year, in a presidential election year. I thought that was a thing. Has no. that occurred in recent memory, Paul? No. No, we had it in 2016, but now they definitely want this one. Of um, course. Now, why, that, why why would they want this one in particular? Because the conventional wisdom is that they're likely to lose the White mm. House and mm-hmm. Senate, and this is their last chance to hold on to power. And then, However, what what does the margin go from conservative to liberal if this nominee goes through? Six to three, as all oh. of us know. It Interesting. Would go six to three would be a conservative block. Hmm. Uh, Virtually everything, including the right to choose, but also the right to health care will be pretty much out the window. The right to regulate like greenhouse gases could be out the window. It would look a lot like what Wisconsin looked like until recently. Until we, (laughs) You know, so a six to three majority, that's crazy. There could be a movement against the right to collect taxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, the government i mean just all sorts of libertarian what yeah extreme cato institute wet dreams and whatnot far right far right stuff stuff that goes far beyond i mean i hate to say it but like if the right to choose for instance was taken away it would still be left at the state level and a lot of states like wisconsin would probably be illegal but then there'd be other states but some things won't be available to people like i mean they could declare social security illegal that said we could respond by packing the court i think the immediate response has to be a this is illegitimate based on Uh recent precedent so you fight it on that level now they're not going to listen and i mean we we have susan collins and lisa murkowski two senators from uh maine and alaska respectively they're going to be the only ones to oppose this thing. So it's going to go through whoever the nominee is. And we're looking at uh, the two nominees, the two favorites right now are Amy Coney Barrett, who's on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. And then we have uh, Barbara Lagoa, who's on the uh, U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eleventh Circuit, was appointed last year by Trump. So it's going to be one of those two that goes through. And they're saying they're going to nominate uh, as early as this weekend. So Saturday at four central. Look at what they did last time with Merrick Garland. All the arguments against it was never about Garland because yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them, you know, feigned like all this respect for him and like, yeah, he's a great guy. And yes, I I voted for him last time. <laughs> you know, it was never about him. It was about the fact that this, there's this precedent that we shouldn't vote for. A Supreme Court nominee in a, in a presidential election year, the Democrats they should take the same tack that it has nothing to do with uh, Barbara Lagoa being the uh, first Hispanic woman to serve on the Florida Supreme Court, like all this stuff. Like it's about where we're at. 
and the fact that this is completely out of bounds. We're less than two months from a presidential election and you're going to make one of the most important nominations in the Supreme Court's history now? Yeah, I mean... That's ridiculous. The information I've gotten back is that most swing voters are not moved by that at all. And they're moved by the issues, not the process. They think that the process is sort of like, well, the Republicans had the votes then, they have the votes now, so they should be able to put their person on, fair and square. That doesn't mean I'm not going to vote for Biden or whatever, but it means that right now uh, Trump's president, he gets pick, and the Senate should just confirm. Okay, so let's assume that they move forward. Lagoa, Barrett, Britt Grant, I don't know, gets the nomination, ends up on mm-hmm. the Supreme Court, they're in place. What is the Democratic response? Well, if, if there if there can be one, because like this pick obviously could prove consequential to the actual outcome of the election, correct? Right. I mean, so we would obviously naturally like to see them appoint two next year, though, mm. as uh, uh, pack the court, so to speak. I mean, that's the only fair way to do it. That may be. I don't like the term "pack the court." Well, whatever. I mean, but, you know. I add yeah, seats. that's what it is. I mean, I mean, you know, I think it's the right. Well, I think it's I think it's long overdue that we add seats. We haven't had, we haven't added seats to the Supreme Court since like shortly after the Civil War. Like in a, in a country yeah, that's grown as as large as we have over the past 150 years, we shouldn't add more seats to the Supreme Court. We should add more seats to the House of Representatives too. Yeah, like I think it's to- totally justified that we add seats to the Supreme is, Court. Here's the thing: I think there's a very good chance the Democrats will seek do that mm-hmm. if they win especially if they win the senate and i think that the republicans know that and right. if they knew that then why would they feel so comfortable going ahead and confirming this person anyway because the, the cynics among them probably think we're going to do it anyway if, uh, okay. if if democrats take control that they'll just add seats anyway you know? what in history shows that that the democrats are prone to doing that i mean not much they think they're not going to lose power the truth is this Trump basically said today that he won't do a peaceful transition. There won't be a transition. There's going to be a continuation of power. Right. Um, I mean, their plan at this point is just subvert democracy, and he used this court pick to help them do that. They indicated, or he has indicated, that a 4-4 situation, if it goes to the Supreme Court, is a bad situation. So they're already assuming that John Roberts would vote with the liberal bloc. Yep. <laughs> so, which, is, which is telling. Right. <laughs> So Mitt Romney should be asked again if he really supports this because it's pretty clear that this is, I know he already said he supported it yesterday, but that was before Trump clearly said there won't be a transition. Based on everything we know about Donald Trump, can Mm -hmm. any of us, even his most fervent supporters, I mean, can anybody envision a scenario by which he concedes to Joe Biden? I mean, like he calls him on the phone and says, it was a great contest, Joe. You know, you're you were the better man. You know, I, I and, and then rides the limo with him to the Capitol on inauguration day. Can anybody imagine that? That him just turning over power gracefully? Like it's not within his comprehension to do no, so. Not. It's not going to happen. Best case scenario, like if Donald Trump does lose uh-huh. and is kind of forced from the White House in in shame, he will go to his graves claiming fraud that like there were there was ballot harvesting well, and all fine. this all this that's propaganda fine. you know like that's been in office that's well, fine. sure 
And that's best, uh-huh. like I said, that's best case scenario. There, is there, there, dire, there is going to be no peaceful transition this time. This is pretty dire then because it is. that will really undermine the country. There's repercussions, right? So, And there's signals that get sent. We be careful what we say, though, because if he hails out of power, we might go to jail for having this podcast. Uh, Even if he loses by a landslide, leaves office, is still saying that you know the result was illegitimate, that I lost, but I didn't really lose. What does that do to the electorate? What is the end result in the streets of America's cities? Because I don't think it's good. Do you think what happened in Kenosha is going to be repeated elsewhere? Because I would say, yeah. I think a lot of his most fervent supporters, absolutely, some of the more violent types, are, are going to take to the streets and be like, this is a coup based wow. on signaling from the outgoing president. Yes, there and will that's be. Again, and, and that's again, if he loses on the level where we're able to have an inauguration in January. The truth is a lot of people won't have the energy for that, especially when the, when the media and just the powers that be, you know, right. are saying this is it. However, I think the important thing is how to get Trump to leave. And I think the, the thing to me that is, is big is, is the fact that he could face criminal penalties if he's mm-hmm. not in the White House. Right. And he's basically using the White House to shield himself from the law. And so the question becomes, how do you handle that? Does Biden offer him some sort of pardon? It's hard know. to think about, but this is these are the questions that are probably going to determine whether or not we have a functioning democracy, which is a dictatorship. Yeah. I mean, right. what we're talking about is the end of democracy in America. Well... Again, so I, I, I lay out the best case scenario. So what's the worst case scenario? It's really that Biden can't perform to the level that a lot of the polling data has stated he can, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Marquette poll uh, had him up today by like, what, 10 points? I mean, if he wins by that margin, I mean, I don't think Donald Trump is going to have a leg to stand on. You know, he could try mm-hmm. to fight in these individual states and claim that like, you know, some shit in Pennsylvania went down or whatever, but it's going to be hard to make the case in the realm of public opinion when they're mm-hmm. staring at like a 10 point victory. I don't see that playing out. I don't think, I don't know. That I don't think people are going to have the patience for it. I don't know. I mean, we'll probably just knuckle under and just not have a democracy anymore. Just keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah. Like I do think that when those ads that Biden has on saying that social security will be over, I think that's mm-hmm. right. I think social security will be over. I think that a lot of things are just with gonna a, with a Trump yeah. victory, you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there'll be a lot of stuff done. Really I mean talk. with a six three conservative majority. Mm-hmm. There's no way that the Affordable Health Care Act survives. Like it's yeah. it's not yeah. going to happen, and right. people will have right. to fend for themselves. And pre-existing conditions will no longer be a guarantee. And you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. may never be able to get health care. Yeah, anybody so, with COVID may never be able to get health care. Perhaps, I mean, you know, like it's really going to make life very hard. We'll see what happens to me now that we have these, we've had these norms for like 10 years. I mean, maybe the insurance companies just belly up and say like, okay, like let's just keep doing what we've been doing. But there's, but without the guarantees in place, I mean. I feel like we're still not talking about just how blatant Trump was today about flouting democracy. And I I think it's important to actually just call it out. 
he doesn't want people to vote because obviously he doesn't want a landslide because if it is a landslide, no. it makes it harder for him to hold on to power. I mean, has, he, as he's been saying for months, he is discounting mail-in voting, which he continues to differentiate from absentee voting because he's in the state in the states where he needs absentee votes, like Florida. He continues, or at least, at least his campaign continues to promote absentee voting. So he makes this distinction where there is none. And so he's going to continue to rail against mail-in voting that there is, you know, all this fraud happening. And because all the polling has shown that Democratic-leaning voters are taking the pandemic more seriously, therefore they are more prone to vote by mail or absentee, a lot of their votes are going to come in later. And People that are going to vote in person may tend to lean Republican in many areas. So the fear is that there's going to be this red mirage early on when polls close that may look like Trump has an edge. And then as the night goes on and as we get into Wednesday, the fourth, Biden catches up potentially. And mm-hmm. then all that stuff, because it didn't happen, you know, like within primetime hours or with before people went to sleep, that's all fraud. Right. That's going to be the claim. Well, the biggest thing in Wisconsin is to make sure that Milwaukee gets its votes kind of right away. One option to avoid this scenario is for people that you know, are taking precautions that are not at risk could go to the polls and, vote, mm-hmm. and choose to vote in person as opposed to voting absentee. And drop yep. their ballot in the mail, where maybe it gets there by election day, maybe it doesn't. I'm with Especially you. In Milwaukee, and, and, and oh, I'm, well, I'm yeah. saying that as somebody who voted absentee uh, in the Supreme Court election in spring. So in Milwaukee, there's a central count, and a I lot see. of these communities there isn't. Right, count at the poll, including Madison, right um, on election day. So in Madison, if you vote absentee. Your odds, or in most communities in Wisconsin, frankly, your odds of your vote counting are pretty good yeah. um, on election day, even if you voted absentee. Right. Your odds of it getting counted in Milwaukee because they do, they're do they going to have 200,000 votes in one place are a lot smaller. If you're a senior, if you're somebody who is in, in that risk category, voting absentee is, is the right decision. If you are able and willing mm-hmm. to go to the polls, I think that could potentially help circumvent uh, some shenanigans. No, I'm thinking about it now, too. Now, of course, there will be other issues there. That sure. Gonna of course. Over. I mean, there's going to be, like, I mean, well, you saw what happened in Virginia over the weekend when they opened up yeah. early voting. I mean, there was a bunch of Trumpsters, you know, trying to block the election. Watch well, those coughing on people. It's just say ridiculous. That. So. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's basically a, a cold civil war. It's yeah, starting to flare up. It's really pretty awful. It's not good, and I don't like it. And I hope cooler heads prevail. But there is uh, increasingly a five alarm fire in many areas of what's going on as we get into fall, and people need to keep an eye on it. The, the Atlantic article I uh, we posted earlier today. I yes. encourage everybody to read it because it lays out a lot of scenarios that many people in the Trump campaign are gaming out in terms of how. Electors well, are selected by states and all that stuff. The state legislature of uh, Pennsylvania already, I right. assume they've already done it with Voss to ask them to put together a slate of Republican electors 
Right. Uh, claiming fraud so they can override the popular vote. Now, thankfully, we have a Democratic governor now, and Scott Walker isn't the willing toady uh, in uh, Madison anymore. And Michigan and Minnesota. Yeah. So, actually, former RNC chair Michael Steele put out a paper. I'll try to find it. We'll put it up, um, too, on the website that explains the state legislatures can't really change the vote of their state after the election. Because the Constitution says the date that the electors are chosen is the first Tuesday after the first Monday. So that's going to happen. And so if they try to come in after the fact, they're actually violating the Constitution. Now, the question is, can you get a Supreme Court to agree with you on that? But I think that'll be the real issue. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm getting a little low on my battery. All right, listeners. Thanks for listening. Stay vigilant. And we will talk to you soon. Forward. Forward.